The year was 1964, and late at night, or rather in the wee hours of the morning in New York City, a young lady returning home from work was sexually assaulted and stabbed multiple times until she succumbed to her attacker and died. Kitty Genovese was returning home from work and just as she was entering her apartment, she was attacked viciously by some sociopath. While this incident in itself is terrifying, what was worse was that there were 38 respectable law-abiding neighbors who heard Kitty screaming and they also witnessed the man attacking her. But it was only when Kitty died did one of them hesitantly dial 911 to call the police. Why do you think they did nothing to rescue Kitty? They could have easily outnumbered the attacker, 38 is to 1, and yet they chose to be helpless onlookers to this gory crime. Emotions are incredibly powerful influences. They often supersede rationality and logic. This makes it difficult for us to avoid their impact on our decision-making. But since each of us is naturally wired to be susceptible to traps of emotional foreplay, a deeper understanding into why we feel the way we feel can help contextualize the relationship between our emotions and actions. Hello everyone and welcome to Clarity, a podcast series designed to create a safe space for conversations and reflections. I'm your host Janvi Gurja, a Curious People Observer, an executive coach and co-founder of Vital Science Advisory. In today's episode, I would like to explore why we feel paralyzed and inadequate about helping a stranger in distress. The situation which prevented 38 neighbors from saving Kitty Genovese being brutally murdered is a socio-psychological phenomenon known as onlooker apathy or the bystander effect. Imagine you're walking briskly down the street to your office and a loud noise aborts your stride. You join the circle of people who seem to be passively witnessing a fist-to-cuff fight between two construction workers. You walk up to the crowd and inquire out of curiosity about the fight. You hear some real and some random explanations from the onlookers, at which point you decide that it's none of your business and walk away towards your office. This unwillingness to help when someone is in need is triggered from the inhibiting influence you experience because you think somebody else from the crowd will help the two people engaged in a physical altercation. The apathy or the bystander effect is triggered by the safety you seek to experience by doing nothing except to mutely watch another person struggle even though you feel pity over the unfortunate incident. So while you know you can do something to help a person in distress, yet your fear grips you into a freeze. Why does this happen? After the Kitty Genovese murder, two renowned social psychologists, John M. Daly and Bib Latane, published their research findings in 1970, wherein they listed the emergence of three psychological processes that could inhibit a person from helping another person in need. The first process is called the diffusion of responsibility, wherein the bystander subjectively diffuses his or her responsibility to help because he or she feels there are other members present in the scene who can help. For example, 
when you're driving on the road and you notice another motorist has had an accident. The humane thing to do would be to stop and help the motorist. But 9 out of 10 people would gather around the injured person in a circle and discuss the details of the accident instead of helping the victim. And suddenly when someone gets an epiphany to help the motorist, all they do is to call the ambulance and the police because they believe that it's the duty of the doctors and the police to help accident victims. Instead of offering first aid, most onlookers take videos and pictures on their phones and feel by doing this, they are being good citizens documenting the aftermath of the accident. The second process is known as evaluation apprehension. Here the bystander is afraid of being publicly judged or being superseded by another superior helper and hence holds back from intervening. For example, in the same accident situation, let's assume a good Samaritan rushes in to help the motorist with water and some physical comfort, but is interjected by another person who gives advice on how to handle the situation because she is either a lawyer or a nurse. The first helper immediately backs away because he feels incompetent in comparison to the unknown advisor, thereby abandoning the injured motorist all over again. The third process is pluralistic ignorance, which means that an individual tends to rely on the overt behaviours of others present in the scene. For instance, if the other bystanders in this accident situation think it's better to stay away from helping the motorist because it could involve responding to the police inquiry as witnesses, then very unconsciously you would also agree with the rest of the group and withdraw from doing anything helpful. In a nutshell, bystanders do nothing because they are either afraid or they are unprepared or they are underconfident. But ironically, the same bystanders will always expect somebody else to help them when they are in distress and when that doesn't happen, they think that the world has become a horrible place filled with inhumane people. So, if you want to overcome this emotional paralysis and be of help to others, here's what you can do. For starters, acknowledge the guilt you experienced from doing nothing, especially when you knew you could have done something. Then, channelize the tango between your restlessness and your regret by feeling that you have the ability to intervene. Empower yourself to help. For example, if you hear your neighbor hurl abuses and beat up her child, you can either shut your windows tight and ignore the plight of the young child, or you can ring the doorbell of your neighbor and stop the dysphoric parent. There's no right or wrong formula or method while helping people in distress. But by being a bystander, you choose to become insular to others' pain. And without realizing, you too have joined the bandwagon of abusers or aggressors, thereby causing exponential harm to the victim. In case you would like to know more about the bystander effect, I'd like to invite you to read our white paper, Are You a Bystander? published on 2nd August 2023. It is accessible on our website, www.vitalscienceconsults.com and on our social media, Vital Science Advisory. Well, listeners, there's so much I can tell you, and I'm sure there are so many thoughts in your head as you're listening. But before I go, I'd like to ask you, in hindsight, 
could Kitty Genovese have been saved had her neighbors intervened? Hello listeners, I acknowledge that adapting to new patterns can be both complex and tough, but not impossible. Many of these emotions play out their own charade, making us feel low and lousy without actually knowing why. Through Clarity, a podcast series designed to create a safe space for conversations and reflections, I feel comfortable exposing my vulnerabilities with you and hope you find a connection, a meaning and a way ahead just in case you experience something similar. If this episode of Reflection Through Clarity strikes a chord with you, share your story with us on our LinkedIn and Instagram page, Vital Signs Advisory, or on Twitter at Janvi underscore Gurja 8. And look us up at www.vitalscienceconsults.com. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and follow our podcasts on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Until next time then, this is Janvi Gurja signing off. Thank you so much for listening and being in the moment with me. Take care of yourselves because you are precious.